You uh, live well, Scaramanga. As a million dollars a contract, I can afford to, Mr. Bond. You work for peanuts. A hearty well done from Her Majesty the Queen and a pittance of a pension. Apart from that, we are the same. To us, Mr. Bond, we are the best. There's a useful four-letter word, and you're full of it. When I kill, it's on the specific orders of my government. And those I kill are themselves killers. Oh, come, come, Mr. Bond. You disappoint me. You get as much fulfillment out of killing as I do, so why don't you admit it? I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You should have done that when you first saw me. But then, of course, the English don't consider it sporting to kill in cold blood, do they? Don't count on that. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to another exciting episode of Do You Expect Us to Talk? This is number 14. With me, a fellow co host and Bond fans, Chris and Dave. Say hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, this time, we're talking about the man with the golden gun. Um, this isn't going very well. <laughs> Ooh, that's, oh, hey, that's, oh, normally, oh. No, that's normally a noise you only make when Duran Duran sing about dancing in the fire. <laughs> I don't like it. Anyway, so this movie stars Roger Moore, Christopher Lee, Britt Eklund, Maud Adams. Rich, written by Richard Maybaum and Dave's buddy Tom Mankiewicz. Directed by Guy Hamilton and released in 1974. So do we think it's dazzling or do we think it's few yuck? Few yuck? <laughs> that wine waiter goes like, uh, the wine. It's like, few yuck, 74, sir. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, right. I was just thinking of Foo Young then. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah. Oh, God. Was it an omelette? <laughs> that 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 bit I just completely like remind me of Austin Powers <laughs> with the twins. That was hilarious. Mm. <laughs> fuck you all. Fuck and me. fuck me. <laughs> oh, your name is fuck me. Oh, I see. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So uh, on topic, uh, <laughs> man with the golden gun. Uh, I, I think um, Dave summed it up pretty well. Uh, it it's one half of a really really great bomb film, but it's just weakened in areas somewhat. Um, I mean, overall, I quite enjoyed this watch, but uh, it. I thought, for starters, the, the lead Bond girl is just a fucking non-entity. And it's just, you know... I mean, we talk about the... You know, how women are portrayed in films and the previous entry. It, here, she's just a blithering bloody idiot. And Bond treats, treats her as so such. She's just, like... Just some, just something for him to shag later on. And even then, he's, he, for the rest of the film, he doesn't even seem to be that keen. It's like, when she turns up, it's like... When M, when M tells Ollie oh, be signed with uh, Goodnight, he's like... Really? He has that kind of look of like. Oh, I feel really I, sorry do for. Do I have to? <laughs> you know. What's he sorry for? It's like yeah, I'll well, shagger, but to be honest, you know, I could, I could probably go to the bar and what night and find better. You know. <laughs> but yeah, she's not good at all. I just think it's like she's a precursor to um, the Tanya Roberts. Uh, like Stacey, oh, we, we pretty much had as bad in the last couple of weeks. I think it's a hallmark of sort of the seventies onwards, really. Certainly, the Roger Moore era. 
I don't think he's he's particularly well served by the women he's partnered with. He, they, they tend to be pretty incompetent. For the most part, there are some exceptions, and he he kind of ends up talking to them like slightly dim children most of the way through. Um, th- this film was this is the first Bond film I ever saw, and I remember really enjoying it when I was eight years old. And when I watched it recently, I can't think why. I, I can't think. I don't know who this film's for. I I, I Roger Moore's portrayal still isn't settled i don't think they still yet know what type of bond they want him to be so it's tonally really confused it's it's a bit goofy in places but there are scenes where he plays bond quite dark and you've got the scaramanga plot which sort of this which is an intriguing idea we we, we're sort of a cliche now when when you talk about batman and the joker when you talk about bond and silver you know the dark side of the hero um, but it would have been a lot fresher back then. But it's really only a few minutes of the film. And by the time he goes to Scaramanga's home, we're, we're about 25 minutes from the end of the film. Yeah, I, yeah the whole thing about, like, oh, uh, the the villain is, like, sort of, like, the, the dark side of the hero uh, thing. I don't think you read this, like, Scaramanga... I mean, I, I really like Scaramanga as a character, and I really like the idea that he's... how they initially set it up. Um, as like, oh, he's gunning for Bond, or someone's put hair on Bond, so Bond has to kind of like find him to kind of sort it out. But th- I just never get the whole point. I, ne- I never get the whole feeling that yeah, he is Bond's equal. I mean, like, it, it, uh, I mean, I get that he's a fucking badass, you know, and you know, he only needs one bullet. Is so fucking cool and all and all this lot. But I never get like. I don't really see many similarities on the fact that they're rather good at killing people. You know, I just don't... I mean, that, to me, that's where it kind of starts and ends. It's just like, well, yeah, I kill people for a living. Well, that's funny, well, so do you. So it's only a year <laughs> since the last film, and we're long past the era where that was the norm, and it just feels not thought through. There's not an awful lot of plot here. I mean, the, the first 45 minutes of the film is all about... Scaramanga finds Scaramanga. When M removes Bond from his mission, he does talk about the energy crisis briefly. But the film doesn't know what plot it wants to follow. There's no logical reason that Scaramanga would be remotely interested in this whole Solex agitator thing. And the film is just rather perfunctory. And, it just feels, and what quite, again, it feels like let's put a Bond film out. Yeah, Bond by numbers. And what quite was his evil plan? Is like basically just take over the, the company and and yeah, um, just and, get the and, and sell it and, to the highest bidder, basically. But yeah. then he's got his millions already, so why? I don't yeah, understand. But, yeah, but is that what, really what, evil? Isn't that what company would do anyway? Yeah, yeah <laughs> he's like, it's... like as some sustainable energy freak who's like really fair and cool. Then he's got the monopoly on solar energy right there from his mushroom-shaped rock. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I guess in the hands of a, of a killer, it's it's probably dangerous. But it's it's again, it's like Dave said, it's not fleshed out. It's not, you know, and I don't really get why he would be that bothered. And I do like the idea that, um, you know, it his is a little tip, kids. If you want to take over a company, you know, like just basically kill the boss and just announce, yeah, I'm I'm that I'm I'm new chairman of the board. Okay. <laughs> just... <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no, no questions. Just like okay. When you fine. do announce, when you do kill them and announce it, announce it to the stock market at the same time. It's because <laughs> yeah. that's how that's how competition rules work. Yeah, 
So, um, um, Becca, sorry, we're not asking you, what do you think of Man with a Golden Gun? <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of, it's a bit flaky. It has pockets of, of greatness, um, but yeah, it's not my favourite Roger. Um, <laughs> what was your favourite Roger? <laughs> that sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? Sorry. Um, it, it's going to happen for like, like, Roger Moore's films. Yeah, it's not, very, it's not my favourite of the Roger Moore films. Um, next time we'll be talking about The Spy Who Loved Me, which is my absolute favourite of the Roger era. I love it to bits, so I'm going to rate that one very highly. Um, no point Yeah, no, it's pretty it, much then. like Bond by numbers. Um, I was watching one of the documentaries available on the DVD and the Blu-ray, and um, it's kind of like, this film's got it all, great location, action, sets... You know, beautiful women, and I was like, mm, it ticks all the box, ticks all the boxes, but that doesn't make it a great Bond film. Um, but yeah, it's kind of one well, of those films I, that I you kind of. I don't think the action's particularly strong at all, actually. No, yeah. that was it. I was just, I'm just literally repeating what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously you got the, um, like the the car chase, for example, is not that I don't know, um, not that remarkable. And then obviously you've got the famous stunt where the car does the rotation. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get there definitely. <laughs> But, the, well, but that's like the, the only standout scene. But um, there yeah, isn't kind of average, average. There isn't actually any. In terms of the action, there isn't actually many action set pieces, really. No, I mean, in the, the fun film just it, meanders it, it's through its thing. running time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind it like sort of being more plossy than most because it does have a, like a cool, like set, like central performance, of, you know, of the villain and, and the cool, and the cool villain at that. Yeah. Uh, and and like and again, as I said before, I like the notion that. Bond is out to kind of like find out what what's going on. This is Scaramanga after me. Why I need to track him? I basically I need to track him and kill him before he gets me. Essentially, but then he finds out there's more to that. So I kind of like the whole r- reveal of that and and, and the and the plot wise. So, but in terms of action, it's not really there. And when it is there, it does feel weak <laughs> and it does feel very um, lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little bit like, half assed really. Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, it doesn't really matter because you think, oh, look, men in karate suits and <laughs> and uh, JW and, uh, and oh, all we'll that. Talk about him later on as well. Yeah, yeah. the karate thing, we'll, again, it's another thing we'll get to. It bothers me. It's <laughs> <laughs> all uh, the racism, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do, st- I actually like about 90% of the pre title. I think it's set up quite nicely. We meet this guy. You're not told an awful lot. He lives in a strange place in relative seclusion. He's got this funny little butler. Someone's trying to kill him, it seems to be, with the butler's help. Um, All of that's pretty good. But at eight years old, when I first watched it, I remember Bond's waxwork turning at the end. Because he's got a waxwork of Bond. Because, again, Roger Moore's Bond... Is a celebrity. Um, you know, you can you can just bring up your you can rig up Madame Two Swords and commission your own Roger Roger Moore <laughs> James Bond. Um, and I just remember saying, "Who's that?" Because I'd never seen a Bond film, and my mum said, "That's James Bond." Well, it's not. It's a model of him. Ah. And I said, "Well." Won't James Bond just stand there at the end? <laughs> What's he just doing there? <laughs> and it just fucking gave the film away. <laughs> and you Spoiler know, alert, I'm not suggesting I was that smart at eight years old. And for every for everything I spotted, there must have been you know dozens of things I completely missed in films. But I remember distinctly the first time I saw this, going, "Well, that's how the film ends then." And that was just like that. That's you know, big flaw number one with this film that they're trying to be too clever and expose themselves as 
not having really thought anything through. I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I agree, I agree with that. I mean, for me, uh, it works, it works fine. I mean, I don't mind. It, it's just like it's a thing at the beginning and it has a payoff at the end. It it's nice and tidy, and I think I'm fine with it. I mean, I I, I didn't really, I don't have the the issue with the whole uh, surprise element because. I think my first encounter watching it was I kind of missed the beginning, so I kind of like sort of watched it from like a certain point. So so by the time I rewatched it, I already knew how it ended anyway. So it wasn't really like a you know I didn't really miss it in that regard. Uh, but you know I you know it, to me it, it it's fine. It, it it is what it is. I mean you know I think what. It, especially at, at an age, and, and especially like sort of watching back at older films, we're not sort of like sort of damning it so much with like oh my oh, oh my god, did you see that twist coming? You know, it's you know as as much as new films are, we, you know. Um, so I, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's kind of similar to Spectre in that respect because it's kind of it's a twist, but it's not really a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But things that we all saw coming before the film film even started. We yeah, all, we, yeah, sure. Fuck that. When they announced the title, it's like, well, obviously, it's well, well that's obviously, it. yeah. But I know, but you're kind of you're hinted at the villain, rah, rah, and then you obviously you see him. But um, yeah, so we'll discuss it later on. But it's like, well, we we don't spend enough time at the fun house, um, and it's just, I would I'd prefer it if you kind of spent more time there and explored it that way. But yeah, I would I kind of rate the movie like three out of five, maybe <laughs> average. But um, yeah, so let's should we go through it? Yeah, I mean, I really, I do like the the setup. I mean, for starters, Bond isn't in this really. Um, he's in waxwork form, but he's, you know, I don't count that as Bond being in it. Uh, but no. uh, it, it it's an interesting setup because from what from if you knew nothing about this, you would think that Christopher Lee is the lead and the and the hero. Cause it's literally he's. He's kind of like you, kind of rooting for him, and he see him kind of like almost like panic and think, "Crap! I what? What I'm going to do now? Where? Where I'm going to go?" You know, there is that kind of thing. You know, it's like the the film is kind of playing against him, if you will. You know, well, yeah, I think they kind of tease the th- the third nipple a bit too early because he's got no relevance. You just see, oh look, he's got a third nipple. Are we supposed yeah. to think he like? Gets Radio Two on that, or something. <laughs> picks up Jazz FM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, no, it, it'll be it's the, like, it'll oh be the, it'll God, be the golden it. hour. Our <laughs> tune playing with Simon Bates and shit. It's just <laughs> I, what's the point of that? But yeah, it, so yeah, but by and large, I think the pre-title's okay. I think it's. I mean, the film in general, as I say, we'll get to it. It feels like a little bit of a. It feels like the end of an era, and it is in some ways. But uh, we go into Lulu's theme, and this is an early sign that Maurice Binder is com- has completely run out of ideas to what to do with the pre-titles already. Oh yeah, it's literally yeah, it's not that original. It's literally really. women with it, like a shimmering water effect on the front. That's it. Yeah, and That's it's like, and it's like, oh, what's this film have? Right, it's a man with gold gun. We're going to have a like a hand with a golden gun. We're, That's we're, it. We're, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. and then like starts off stroking the barrel yeah. a bit. There's there's the Chinese woman. There's like a few silhouettes dancing. Uh, there's the shimming water titles. The few guns. Yeah, done. Yeah, it's, he's run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the theme was kind of written quite hastily as well. Um, and it, it shows. I mean, it's a good. I like personally. I like the song. It's not your classic one, but it's quite fun. It's quite campy. It's quite upbeat. 
mm. uh, really silly lyrics like who will he bang we shall see <laughs> it's like what yeah it's like it was saying like uh he, uh like, uh he, yeah quite, what's it he uh he comes just before the kill. Yeah, not literally just before. Yeah, he lo- doesn't hold the gun up and gun up and go. Oops, hang on, I've got to go change my underwear. <laughs> like yeah, like it's like love is quiet whenever he's hired. He comes just before the kill. It's like okay, that's right. a double meaning to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it has one meaning. <laughs> um, and he does. He basically he basically has sex just before to keep himself sharp. Sure. Um, basically, if you want to hit my new snoring and farting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you do. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's all very perfunctory. I mean, we come out of the credits and the door opens. He's straight in with them, and we're back in. As I say, it's one of the infuriating things. More of Rogers James Bond than any others. He's asked what he knows of Scaramanga, Francisco <laughs> Scaramanga, and the answer is fucking everything. I think so. He does do it with like a, a kind of smugness, with like a. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think that's all. We can eject him before he fires, sir. <laughs> Feels he ca- like history. Oh, uh, what is it? He said, You always expect him to like go, like, so, yeah, not much. <laughs> no, <laughs> so yeah, like, not a lot then. It's like, yeah, you fucking smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. We said it before, but obviously Leonard Lee looking very poorly in this film. I mean, yeah. he doesn't get a lot to do, um, but he does have one of the well, best parts in the whole movie. He's not the hero of the earlier entries. No. <laughs> but he's, he's still looking good, but you just think, mm. But yeah, he does have, like, what was it, um, Outraged Chef's Humiliated Tailors. <laughs> yeah, because, well, we best put that in context. Yeah, we should. Um, Carry on. They have received a golden bullet with 007 on it. 007 the number by the way not like a little cheesy thumbs up picture of Roger Moore <laughs> and um... <laughs> the one that'd be amazing <laughs> this would be amazing <laughs> totally. cool. it's see got them. you on it look <laughs> oh my sides and he says who would want to shoot who would pay a million dollars to kill me because in the potted history we find out he charges a million a shot which we actually learned in the title credits but you don't want to take all of that literally. No. <laughs> Very expensive. Just to confirm, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And the line is Becca? Um, oh god. Outrage chefs, humiliated tailors. The list is endless. Jealous husbands. Jealous husbands, that's the other one. Yeah, jealous husbands, outraged chef, humiliated tailors. <laughs> I like yeah. the jealous husbands part. <laughs> yeah. And we're all supposed to go. Ah, uh, good, good old Bond. He makes a fucking fool of married men. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yes. Humiliated tailors. What does he do? When he <laughs> goes and gets measured up for a suit, does he fucking whip them or something? <laughs> I'm overthinking this line a bit. Yeah, aren't yeah. <laughs> All right. We obviously outrages, you know. Spoiler alert: but Scaramanga's tailor by putting a gripping hole through his shirt. So. <laughs> Oh right, I thought I thought you meant to let the third nipple breathe. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, moving on, moving on. <laughs> what happens next, Becca? <laughs> Bonds and Emsley, so he goes uh so like he's got your Q and the and the bullet specialist. Uh so he he basically goes goes to Money Pay so all like and he just drops in, Oh like uh uh 
Scam Manga Kill 002 or something, or something along those lines. It's like, oh yes, but it was never confirmed because the bullet was never found. Oh, where, where was he killed? Oh, in Morocco. Where, 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 where's, where, where's he uh, going? Beirut. Beirut, okay. Yeah, so he goes yeah. to like... They thought, where can we go that's beautiful? And, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, and he goes to the, uh, like a, a, a belly dancer's club. Well, you know, miraculously, because of course, oh, that's where he was shot. So he went, he goes, finds a belly dancer who's kept the bullet and uses it in a, a belly wing. Belly ra- a, a belly ring? Oh, fucking what? <laughs> what am I talking about? Yes. In a belly button. Charm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And he basically, you know, raises an eyebrow and watches her dances, and she's immediately like, "That's I want yeah. that guy." And I'll be honest, she isn't all that really. You know, let's be honest. She's like, I kept thinking, of really, you're okay. Yeah, she's a bit reader's wives, isn't she? <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, yeah. What so, do you um, mean by that, Dave? So, uh, nothing. So uh, Bond gets into a fight with uh, three guys, and it was um, and it, was, it was from this point of view. It's like, oh, right. So is, is this the point in the series where Roger Moore does his uh, is is stand annoyed when he when he's in a fight scene, which is like, oh, that's the noise that like, he makes when he's like he does his his fist fights. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like I was still stunned. We're definitely an early era Roger Moore. Yeah. It's still him for quite a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, like, it later on, as soon as he breaks into even a brisk walk, they need a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it was amazing. I mean, later on, just to jump forward a bit, when he's doing like the kung fu bit, that like a lot of that's him. And I, I was stunned. I, I didn't know Roger Moore did anything that required any effort, basically. <laughs> I think, yeah, in his earlier films, he did most of his own stunts, didn't he? Obviously, apart from the car one. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, he's quite sort of good on. I think he does... We're sort of commenting on, you know, the various appearances of the various Bond actors. I think he looks good here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's only a year on from his debut. He still looks the part, pretty much. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is where we get uh, one of the famous Bond bloopers that they did not correct for the Blu-ray. While he's fighting, they knock the mirror, and you can see the camera crew in shot. Oh, okay, I missed that. But yeah, I remember seeing it. Before. It's for a split second. Yeah, thinking you missed it. Definitely visible. You can see like a, a boom mic and somebody holding the camera, literally yeah. in the top corner of the mirror. I was like, aha, there it is. Ah, cut, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a very voyeuristic club, of course. <laughs> they aren't the crew it's just you know they it's always like, like to be watched I don't know what's a good pair of yeah. he also up. does it, 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 we just see the start he's not bad in this film but we do see the start of the sort of mugging that gets really bad later on I mean when he when he's sort of whacked what, and he swallows like the belly button uh, <laughs> bullet basically the massive bug eyed overacting from him is ridiculous oh, taxi mister no pharmacy <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah so uh, he he has a fight. Uh, oh yeah, and he also uses like a a, a kind of spray to. Uh, <laughs> to he has spray. Yeah. <laughs> That's the standard of fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, uh, he he gets the bullet and he goes back to England. So he analyzed about uh, analyzed the the bullet that killed Double uh, O Two. But I did don't he actually think... swallow it? Did this have to be like washed off? We don't know. I, <laughs> we I mean, and did he wash it off? Is that guy looking through a microphone at like a big turd with a... <laughs> <laughs> a microphone, a microscope? <laughs> now I think you're really overthinking it. Um, 
Yeah, but, 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 <laughs> but but the main thought I, I kept thinking and and um, correct me if I'm being massively stupid here, but they already got a bullet with double with double seven's name on it. Why don't why aren't they analysing that? What is that bullet? <laughs> Tell <laughs> yeah, them. <laughs> office with a bullet, and they're like, shit. Where can we find a bullet? <laughs> Maybe it was a dummy bullet, and then obviously they needed well, the real one, which ended up be, in the Bluetooth you'd, you'd neck. think they would analyse it and follow that link through to find out if it was fake anyway. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. oh, right, we found out Scammer Mangoes don't really have to do it's a fake. Oh, right, like, well, but good. they got his fingerprints. No need, then. <laughs> yeah. Does he work in the dark? Not hole number one. <laughs> Does he just... So basically, they've got a bullet with his fingerprints yeah. on it, verified by the CIA. Right. But they've got no idea who he is, what he looks like, where he lives, and then they travel halfway around the world to see if they can find the bullet. I think oh, it's, it, 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 it's the 70s. It was before the age of all like modern technology, so I suppose it's possible that they might have his uh, know what his fingerprints are. But well, don't it's not actually, have a it's not actually about finding the bullet, is it? It's about getting a lead for him. Yeah. Because yeah, where, was, right, where was he last seen? But yeah, but it just, it just seemed pointless. Well, why did you need to find that bullet? Why, what, why didn't you just analyze the bullet? What, what could that bullet tell you? That because that he, he had to kiss a very. The film required that he kissed a very plain woman's <laughs> belly. All right. Yeah, you need to do this first. All right. Okay. And you know, rather than get readers' wives and see where they live, <laughs> they thought, well, we'll go to Pinewood and pretend it's by Beirut because we never see outside. No, no. You never know it was Pinewood. <laughs> no. I don't think I care, but. I... <laughs> Well, I don't really care, but it's like you know, we go to go to Beirut. They didn't. They they obviously didn't. No, no. But uh... okay, so yeah, nickel content obviously too low. 007 for the bullet. So, <laughs> yeah. and this is a bit where like uh, Q like, basically finds his like his his dream match because he's like there talking to the the bullet expert, and he's like, oh, what about Jason? Oh, well, good. Oh, good. oh. very, very happy. He's, he's actually quite um, versatile because he was also a hotel inspector in the film Faulty Towers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, he was. Well, maybe, maybe that's where he earned his stripes. <laughs> his moonlighting. That's yeah. his day job. Well, he's used to looking through turds, probably. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what food poisoning is there at this hotel? Well, I would assume that they'd be, you know, they'd have cleaned up the bullet up after Bond passed it, I imagine. I don't know. Do you reckon that must have made quite a noise? <laughs> do you think if he'd farted with enough power as he was sat on the loo, it would have made like a bang noise and destroyed the toilet? Yeah, I think this shows what we think of this film if we're discussing aspects like that. <laughs> we're discussing James Bond's bowel movements. Okay, fair enough. What happens next, Chris? Uh, well, he goes to... Um... I don't know, just goes what Singapore or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he goes to Macau, doesn't he, to see yeah. the man who made the bullet. Yeah, the man who made the bullet. This, this is actually quite a good scene. I quite like the character. Like, I just makes bullets, and and uh, and it it's a scene that shows uh, Roger Moore at his kind of like, I don't give a shit. I'm kind of like at the end of the day, I'm a ruthless killer. So I'm just one bastard, yeah. you know. <laughs> so Find it's like Ford Adams' death warrant, doesn't it? What comes up now? Pretty well, much. Well, yeah. Well, well, basically, he finds out the. He find basically finds like, oh, you make the bullets. So, and I, went to my next ship, and well, I'm meant to go to this place to sign off. I never see anyone. I just leave it. Um. So, so Bond follows him and finds Maud Adams is the one who picks it up, and then he follows Maud Adams. 
the actress, not the actual character name. She's, she's <laughs> actually called Maud Adams. Uh, yeah, she's making like the first of her, is it three appearances that she makes in the Bond series? Second, yeah, isn't but it? One, one she was just on holiday when they were filming. So yeah, she happened to be in the shot in A View yeah. to Kill somewhere, so they thought, oh, we'll get her in. But she's in there. Oh, she's, she's in A View to Kill. Show crab. Yeah, she's in one of the background scenes in, oh god, um, Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. She's okay. not like, she doesn't have a speaking role, but you can spot her in one of the crowd scenes. Oh, okay. So therefore, in my view, she's in three three Bond films. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I, I'll be honest, I, I do like her character in this. She's like, she was in the pre-title sequence. She was, uh, like, the Scaramanga's girlfriend, essentially, or mistress, if you will. Uh, who kind of wants to get out. Um, is it at this point where it's revealed that she was the one who sent the bullet? Oh yes, um, yeah. So she gone. <coughs> pardon me. Um, yeah, Bond follows Maud Adams to her hotel, and I don't like the scene at all. Um, a water pistol. A water pistol. <laughs> um, yeah. She'd obviously yeah. looked up spies in the yellow pages. <laughs> she did. And found 007, probably quite near the top because it starts with the double O. With a little picture that appears on the bullet. Be triple X. She wouldn't hire her. She'd write down the bottom. <laughs> so. Well, well. To be fair, it's like he's mega famous. I mean, even Bond says himself when he's pretending to be Scaramanga later on in the film. It's like <laughs> he says, like we talked about, oh, uh, James Bond. He, well, well, not many who do. Yeah, it's like well, there's not many who don't. Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the world's worst secret agent spy. It's like, whoa, you go around telling your name to everybody. Damn it. <laughs> Well, he pretty, much, yeah, this, this he pretty scene... much destroys everywhere we go, so he probably is famous. <laughs> <laughs> Who knocked down that building? Oh, Bond! Oh, bloody hell! You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I, I do have major problems with this scene. This is probably one of the most difficult scenes um, in the film for me, um, just because like Roger is known for being like the more j- jokier Bond, as it were. Um, he is quite harsh, isn't it? He is... He's very harsh. He kind of twists twists her arm and slaps her, and I just I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't watch. But yeah, but this is more akin to what. Uh, Bond, like more Connery Bond, though, isn't it? Or what? Exactly. You know, or kind of what Bond is on page in, in the Fleming books? You know? Yes, it's more reference to the literary Bond, and not kind of the Bond as we know from the from the more genres. Kind of more like, yeah, a little bit silly and probably you know, in a jokey sort of way. But yeah, I just generally find it difficult to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, about things. I think it's supposed. To, I, I think they were it's supposed to look like that, going for it. Yeah, I mean, it, but he is. He is proper mean to her as well he is like, he tries to he, break her arm yeah and no, it's this little jab at the end where he, where he, where he goes like oh well uh, he might uh, it's like, oh, he might use one of these golden bullets new which would be which would be a shame because they're very expensive it's like oh that's quite a fucking harsh thing to say that's very harsh yeah um, then you pour champagne toward the end and you just um, think what the hell yeah. bastard anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it what doesn't work I definitely put the first two Roger Moore films very separate from what came next with him. I, I, the first couple, they're still feeling their way, and you know, you can argue the relative merits of the two films. But if Roger Moore had never done a film beyond this point, you wouldn't necessarily think of him as that clownish. No, you wouldn't. Or, or even particularly comedic. They're, they're not yet quite tailored to him. No, I think it's not where you get to the Spider of Me and then Moonraker. You kind of get the proper. Silliness of it all. The Roger experience. Yeah, the Roger experience. Yeah, you get a full Roger sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 77. Oh, bless him. We love a bit of Roger. <laughs> so, yeah, we also meet, um, obviously, Mary Goodnight. Oh. 
Oh yeah, she she, could, she completely fucks it fucks it up for him. Yeah, and it, it yeah again like literally in the first scene, she's like right follow that car, and she just blocks him. It's like hey, I'm here to pick you up. Nice one, thank you very much. <laughs> Would you move this inverted bed pan? But uh, but she she does kind of know like uh, where where which hotel she's staying at uh, because like well all green cabs go to this hotel. It's like oh right, well okay. But she does it's... have like pockets of of helpfulness. You know she is. She does a job some of the time. Generally, she's a bit. Mm. Yeah, but she's in the whole time. She just seems to be like James. When are you gonna fuck me, James? <laughs> uh, she's literally it like. It's oh. like. <laughs> it's. It... Oh, I would love that as time. I mean, like I... just delivered that way. When are you gonna fuck me? Well, that's the whole tone of her performance, though. It's literally like, you know, and 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 just. Roger Moore's just completely just condescending. He's like, "Good night. Do you have any use?" <laughs> Literally, that is what he says. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like, oh, for God's sake. Um, I mean, personally, I I think Maud Adams is is would have been the better lead in the bomb as a Bond girl. Um, personally, I I think it should have gone down that, that aspect more rather than have the the sexy sidekick that does nothing. Um, <laughs> Do you think? Do you think they probably would have? They, uh, do you think they would have been better? Oh, I can't even really say it. I start again. Yeah. Do you think on. it would have been better if they had swapped roles? No, no, no. no. I mean, well, I, I do think she's a better actress, but uh, I think, but her character would have worked better anyway if they just scrapped the whole Moran's part completely and just like maybe. And just what? Just have Scaramanga giving himself a bit of a hand job before. <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of maybe like flesh out the character a bit more, and and I still I still like the the effect of when when she. We'll she, find she out why he's hired yeah. a butler who's only waist height then, wouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, her <laughs> oh. yes. Um, From Fantasy Island, the plane, the plane. Yeah, but then, I, but I, I still reckon it'll be. Like, <laughs> yeah, here comes the aeroplane. <laughs> That's oh, my impression. Of a very different scene. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. No, I I but I still I like. So like the idea of her her getting killed towards the end and then that playing out at the end because she's just perfunctory to the whole thing anyway. But anyway, that's my that's my thoughts. But I yeah, but I, I do I do like more more Adams' role and in, in this. I do I, yeah, I, even, yeah. even though she does get shot on quite a bit, but that's no, a, that's I a character. Yeah, I mean he's in Macau to kill somebody, and the very fact that I mean he knows what Bond looks like. He's got a life size model in his house. Yeah. Um, Bond pulls his gun in and stood right by the guy he shoots. Um, so he he's now aware 007's after him. Given no one's supposed to know where he is, that leaves it pretty clear to him Maud Adams has probably given him away. Mm. And it's kind of like, except from the scene when when he kind of comes comes in, but <laughs> uh, you know, like. So one of the baddies that like, he pulls out the gun and sort of like cresses and he's like, "Where, where are you putting that gun?" Really, But yeah, it's quite intimidating and and uh, the, the performance in more arms. You, you can tell that she she's like, um, uh, is it Severine in Skyfall? She, yeah, you can she, tell she's, she's, she's terrified. Yeah, she is a woman who's kind of like trapped in a situation and wants out. She's like trapped with a dangerous man and. Well, she does get out. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the ideal way though. Yeah, no, I think yeah the idea the theme of like kept woman is sort of is running all the way through the series, isn't it? You've seen the stereotype kind of pop up quite often. Um, but no, I do, I do. I mean, they're both very beautiful, but I would prefer Maud Adams 
I, I prefer her portrayal in this film rather than Goodnight, who is a bit of a ditz. Yeah, you'd rather like her be the lead female, and yeah. then, and that carry through towards the end. I mean, I, I still I like the notes are like a sad demise for her, but uh, I I think they should have played that more towards the end, and then like have like the final confrontation on the island, like as a kind of like semi revenge kind of thing. You know, it you know like. But then it would finish with jo- Bond playing with himself. <laughs> well, he wants a woman to sleep with at the end no, of the film. Yeah, no, you watch your name that. on the phone, and he's just. I know, I know that that, that, that breaks. Goes, good night, sir. That, <laughs> that, and to be fair, she does get some good lines yeah, as yeah, well. So it would make for a better film, though. But you know, yeah. But anyway, well, no, not, not Bond playing himself, fun. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you Jesus Christ. <laughs> where where are we going in this? Jesus and when Christ. Nick Mac jumps down on him, he's like, "Well, tell me." I think we're writing. I'll just rest my martini. Rewriting the film. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, <laughs> where are we go to now? <laughs> right, we'll get. We're gonna go off the subject of uh, Nick Mac filleting. <laughs> <laughs> What happens after that? So okay, okay, uh, ba- I can't remember. okay, okay. So basically, um, nothing too hard. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, so basically, Bond gets kind of thinks he gets arrested by uh by the the Chinese police, and uh, but it actually turns out it's uh, actually in collision with the uh, MI6. They're uh, they're taking him back to CM in a boat that gives you a new slant on things. Oh, yes, <laughs> it's halfway in between, like is it no, I, no, international I, waters. I really don't understand. I mean, I know it's like reason for the film, like it's kept under suspense. Like, all think, well, where's Bond going? You know, like, is he in trouble? What, what's happening? But in in reality of things, if he was really working for M Six, wouldn't he just tell him like Susie got in the car? Like, <laughs> just be like, we'll go to the end. Yeah, no, they say, well, had to it, get you away. It's very like when they go to see Tiger Tanaka, isn't it? It's like, why don't you just fucking say? <laughs> And let me walk in there, not some yeah. stupid, convoluted. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they bring Q out as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so what happens there? Anyone? Oh, I don't know. I was starting to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good sign. And he says, "Well, sir, I I, I shot a bullet, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've met a ditzy blonde I can do later." <laughs> no, basically the whole thing's not going very well, is it? So, M's basically just like, oh, where's the bishop? Oh, I, 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 that was it. Like, and I always felt kind of like a bit, like, he, he kind of like reprimands both of them. It's like, well, you've just like allowed the, that, uh, the, per, the person you invented that, uh, uh, sort of complex thing. Um, uh, 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 the, oh, yeah, what, 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 what are the things called? I don't know. It's not called the solar plexus. Solar agitator. Solix What's agi- about this big? Solar agitator. Punched him okay. right in the solar yeah. agitator. You, you, basically, <laughs> basically, you you allow him to die, and he's kind of like referring to both. Uh, uh, what's the fellow's name? Carthorpe. Depends which fellow you're talking about. Chris. No, well, the one that's not Bond. <laughs> All right, the other one. Carthorpe. Yeah. I don't know the the one the one with the the two nieces who are experts at cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, basically, he referenced both him and Bond, and I thought that's a bit unfair on Bond, seeing this is the first time Bond's hearing about this. Like, I I, I just thought I was tracking trying to track Scaramanga. Why why are you 
why is them telling me off for <laughs> about about something that completely I didn't even know about? <laughs> I just oh. thought, yeah, I just thought that's a bit okay, that's a bit harsh. But anyway, uh, so now Bond's like, okay, right, fine. Oh, I wonder if the ship was actually at that angle, or whether just Bernard Lee was really pissed. And he was sort of oh. staying about a bit, and they all kind of tried to match him. Making feel ease. Making feel ease. Yeah, it was meant to be. It was a sunken liner, wasn't it? And then it was just kind of deliberately skewered. That is, a, excuse me, sorry. That is a um, real wreck of a ship. Yeah. Mhm. But uh, the film's just lost steam already, and you can sort of tell by the way we're talking about it. It, it sort of. <laughs> It kind of, you know, this whole fine Scaramanga thing's quite interesting for about the first 45 minutes. And once he's found him, the film doesn't know where to go next. Well, doesn't, it doesn't have it does, any idea it, what to do with it. It does lull uh, during this point, but it does pick up again once uh, Bond. Because now Bond uh, now decides, right, well, I'm going to uh, go and uh, have a look at the, the person who uh, Scaramanga's connected with. Where can I find a comedy racist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. He goes to um, what's his face? I'm, I'm terrible at names, so you're gonna have to help I me fat. with this. I fat, yeah. Ba- basically, goes to I fat, and uh, he he decides, right? Well, I'm gonna black it. I'm gonna pretend I'm Scaramanga. Um, and and he does well, that. This, this is quite good actually, because he thinks obviously that you know the two have connected, and obviously he he assumes that the two don't meet. But you don't yeah. realize, you don't know that Haifat and Scaramanga actually do have a working relationship, and they have met. So yeah. I think it's not really a twist, but it's a nice little development, I think. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you see, yeah, he like he basically sort of jump uh, jumps in and kind of like you know protect. He, he meets a uh, uh, few young <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jimmy. And yeah, and he gets invited to lunch. He's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll have, have lunch with uh, young fat, and then um, <laughs> where? <whatever. laughs> I'm making up names here, I think. Um, then we finally see Bond's bought the fake nipple that he has Q makeup for him, don't we? So yeah. He arrives in the estate and starts off like stripping off his shirt. And obviously there's that lady swimming Which, naked. Thankfully, there is a situation that gives him the opportunity to do that. Yeah. If he just turned up at a business meeting and just like whipped off your clothes. <laughs> By the way, I've got his third nipple. Mm. <laughs> And yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I do. He I do have want, a third testicle, isn't it? I do wonder what more would have done had there was no uh, lady inviting him to, into the water. <laughs> no, um, no lady called Jumi. <laughs> I think she has the most outrageous Bond girl name ever, apart, obviously apart from Pussy Galore. But the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and she's and she's delighted to tell everyone she's not wearing any underwear. Yeah. yeah. Neither have I. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's what you say when you meet someone. Yeah, I'm not wearing nothing. So, um, yeah, so, like, Scaramanga's, like, watching his like, oh, ah, yeah, Bond's on my case, I'll look forward to killing him later on. And then, like, uh, hype, and then, um, oh, what's his name? Do you know, you, you report dialogue a bit like George Lucas writes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's handy. I'll catch him later. <laughs> Things of that, is, that, that is how that is how George Lucas writes dialogue. Um, yeah, so uh, and, and I fact reprimands him, going like, "Okay, well, um, you got bad on my case. I'm annoyed." <laughs> a good time call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, and then so then cut to late one when Bond uh, gets gets a, a ride from uh, it is his name's Hip, isn't it? Is that, is that his name? 
Yeah. Okay. Gets gets a lift from Nip, who decides. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm. I, I'm on a fe- on a federal case. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna drop off my two nieces. Which I always find. Why? I, like. Oh, I'm lumbered with babysitting them. I'm just dropping them off. Never mind. Hop in. I'll just drop them off at like like someone like somewhere I come back. Could be potentially be dangerous. <laughs> and, yeah, it's really dodgy, isn't it? It's but like you know they are actually um oh taekwondo experts and well it's you know, like oh yeah they, they study karate yeah but the, you know like it must be a really really good karate school if they can take on like ten guys on their own yeah literally they're, they're, I'm not even like literally there's like at least twenty odd guys and they literally do they just mm. kick the shit out of all of them and it's okay I mean it, we are breaking into like the you know the the martial art kind of kung fu uh, like yeah, films, we are. We're about a year on from Enter the Dragon. Yeah, so it'll be uh, uh, series that have run out of steam at this point, and whilst it's still generally entertaining, at this point you would not have put any money on the Bond film still being around this year. You you just wouldn't have because they're just running out of steam. They're just kind of vaguely remixing stuff they've done before, looking at what's popular, and this this sort of karate scene goes on way too long. Yeah. Um, oh, well, to, we, we have kind of jumped. It's not appropriate because Bond, you know, Roger Moore's Bond and the various stuntmen who double him and so on can't really do this stuff. So it, it's never going to be like watching uh, a Bruce Lee film. So why bother? Well, there you are. It's just like cashing in on what's good at the moment. But um, yeah, so Bond gets captured. Uh, Takes yeah, Bond it, to school. Yeah, he has, he has, yeah. Which is like, oh, you could just kill him here. I just don't understand, like. <laughs> it, is, it is one of those things I know Handy it's a karate school as well he could have been doing fucking needlework it's like well, yeah next... yeah it's like, <laughs> why why would you bother like it's like Nick like literally is about to just kill him right there and he's like he's knocked out <laughs> and he's he wants gonna... to do it doesn't he but generally he's like take Mr. Bond or no 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 we need to Give him a chance, chance to show he's really good at karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I, I, I want one of my karate students to kick the shit out of him. Okay. That scene is quite funny though, where he's kind of one of them does a demonstration, and then Bond goes up to fight him, and he kind of like bows respectfully, and Bond's like, mm, "All right," just nods his head. Well, it starts off with a death match. <laughs> it starts off with a death match. It's like, for, okay, first lesson. Uh, Two guys with two swords, uh, and one of them's going to kill a fight to the death. It's like, oh, right. which is a good, a good, in, a, you know, good incentivizing of learning. There, I find once, yeah. once you've been stabbed, to, <laughs> once you've been stabbed to death, you tend to make more of an effort the next time. <laughs> well, they, they say once you've been stabbed to death, you never, you never get stabbed to death. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> It, it just goes on forever because the first bit where he like kicks the guy in the face or whatever it is he does, you think well actually that's kind of efficient. It's it's a bit of a, it's not unlike what we see with Indy a few years later. No, that's true. All the sort of flashy sword play and oh, just shoot him, or just kick him in the face. Yeah, it's something really easy. It, it's actually not that bad. But then we go on to this silly lengthy scene, which actually was the bit that really surprised me because most of it is Roger Moore. I mean, except when they're being thrown, it tends to be him. And it's not that interesting. It goes on far too long. And it's pointless. It is just... They're in the Far East, and martial arts of various kinds are really popular at this point. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah so basically bond escapes as he does and <gasps> and uh yeah they put the and they and comes to the rescue is um is hip and his two nieces who uh who, who proceed to just beat the crap out of everyone giggling like but just gorgos as well yes. like i'm surprised we didn't animate some fucking like flying little birds around this guy's head yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So overacted. <laughs> but hey, it's alright. This bit's over fairly quickly. Uh and then we uh, move on to a, a speedboat chase again. Okay, almost. Yeah, it's a bit unnecessary, isn't it? You, you kinda of get to see a bit of Thailand, a bit of like you know, life along the, the Klongs as as they were. Um Is it is, been... is it Thailand? Because I, I I previously said it was China before. Oh never mind. Um yes, yeah, Thailand. Oh right, well that, that that shows me to be a racist. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've never been myself. I'd love to go um, just to see you know see the country and see that part of the world. It'd be fantastic. Um, but you kind of see like you know there's people washing and you know all life is there basically. But we also see uh, the return of GW Pepper, <laughs> which you know if you had to pick somewhere for a redneck racist <laughs> fucking guy to go on all the ideal place. Cle- I mean, yeah, but clearly if- he's been bullied there to go on by his wife. You can tell he doesn't. He's lived he... with him for about forty years. I just can't imagine the like "let's go traveling" bullshit. No. Plus, <laughs> Americans get about four minutes holiday a year, so I can't imagine. They don't have very many days off, do they? Yeah, no, they don't. So I can't imagine. <laughs> four minutes. It's just so crowbarred in because of all the locations he'd turn up. I'd believe it more if it was London. Yeah, I, I must you know say, what I, I mean? I just think, like, the last place that character as presented would go. Yeah. Is there. It's really random. I must say, I kind of... I don't like him so much this time round. It's totally unnecessary. Um, yeah. Racism is even more grating. Well, I the know king of comedy has just lost his mojo completely. Yeah, I know it's kind of, you know, it's very much a product of his time and, you know, redneck policemen were, were a thing, I guess, Not in those sort of movies. Time as well, I hope that. But... But I do think the scene with the elephant is quite funny. He's like, elephants do different maybe. Again, that would have been all right. <laughs> but yeah, if he hadn't come back, that's all good. But I just think he's a bit random. And then when you see him a little bit later on during the car chase, you just think, oh. Or, or, you know, all the kind of outdated references silly. that he uses. You just think, oh, dude, it's cringe. So cringeworthy. I've been deputised. And it's just like. No, you yeah, haven't, sort of. That's Sammy Davis Jr. I've just done there all <laughs> <laughs> But he just won't shut up and it goes on for so long. No, he's like, Who are you chasing? Carmies? I'm with you all the way. It's like, Oh my god, shut it's up. Just, it's just awful. Oh. And then Roger Moore, who can't do accents and can't do voices. Sure am, boy. I sure am, boy. It's just awful. It's just <laughs> awful. And they, they ruin one of the best stunts in cinema history. Yeah, it was meant to be because it was done in the first take, um, and the stuntman who was doing it had never done it before, so it's an amazing, awesome stunt. But you've got this horrible, like, <laughs> slide whistle. It's terrible. The precision required is incredible. It's a, it's, a, it's a jump off a ramp, but it's an angled ramp, so it's a, like a corkscrew jump. And That's what I was looking for, yeah. It's got to be done at an absolute precise speed and angle, and it's kind of, they kind of worked it out on paper. In terms of what's, you know, the physics of it was worked out on paper. So the first take, it's not like they've done, it's not like they've done a dry run somewhere. No, they so did it all in one take, didn't they, stunt. that first time? Yeah. Wow. Which I think is, is, I mean, it's very commendable. And the stunt, I mean, they pull it off and it's one of the most memorable stunts in the whole of the franchise. But, but just that, get... that, that one special effects really undoes all the hard work. You just think, oh. Yeah, you get, boo, boo, 
Yeah, it's terrible. The first thing you cut to is Pepper with his ass in the, the yeah. air making stupid yeah. sounds. Wowie! They just think, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I really just think this should have all been cut. And it's a sign, it's it's the true of both of the first two Roger Moore films that uh, I, I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot more of Live and Let Die, that there's no doubt about that. But they, they're both padded to hell um, because there's not a lot of plot here. We talk about it being plotty. Well, it's set up, it, it's got quite a, complicated situations set up but we don't have an awful lot of story unfolded to us as we go along no not really do you think if um guy hampton stayed on to do the next bond film we would have seen the return of sheriff wd <laughs> god um, i hope not of J- Christ, we'd have of, daniel of craig beating him at the fucking nursing home now wouldn't we <laughs> probably oh I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's right up there with the sort of conversations about Sylvia Trench and stuff. I, I really, I don't know. You can't possibly know. Um, the series needed a bit of a, I mean, we'll, we'll come to the performance of the film near the end. This film didn't do very well, comparatively. Um, and I do think we're, we're, we're three years till the next one. A bit of a falling out between producers and everything. And I think they sort of go a little bit back to the drawing board for the next one. So... I'd, I'd have been surprised if there'd been any circumstances under which this guy turned up again. I mean, because, well, he's on a holiday of a lifetime to fucking Cairo. <laughs> this one. Where, would he t- where would he, you know, where would you see Riding a, a submarine? with a camel fucking biting his ass. <laughs> something. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, it would, have, it would have been so in that part as well, wouldn't it? It would have been oh, in that part. Yeah, exactly. Um... Very dodgy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard to think that, like, this last this film kind of marked the end of the Cubby Broccoli Harry Saltzman relationship as well. So you think, hmm. Yeah, they, they've not been particularly, from what I can gather, they've not been on particularly good terms for a few years. Uh, they were very different people in the first place, and it was a bit of a marriage of convenience. And they were starting to take turns in, in later years. <clears throat> this film is largely Cubby Broccoli. Harry, the Live and Let Die was largely Harry Saltzman. Which makes sense because he kind of chose Roger Moore. Um, they didn't. They were just very different characters. Harry Saltzman was a lot more fiery. He was a lot more profligate with money, um, and he wanted to do a lot of things outside of the Bond films. I mean, he did the Ipcrest file and things like that. So he, he wanted to, to. He wanted a career beyond Bond, um, and Cubby Broccoli was just happy with the Bond films. And eventually he overstretched himself and had to sell out to United Artists because he was bankrupt, basically. So this is the last film that the pair of them both have their names on the Bond films and it's just uh, it's just Cubby Broccoli from now on. Uh, I don't know if it was just um, because they were trying to sort out the terms of their sort of split, if you will, um, but we're obviously three years till the next Bond film and when it comes back, the next film's a very different beast from this one. Uh, yeah, so it is very much the end of an era. It's the last one with Guy Hamilton of the four he's done. It's the last one not to be um, in Cinemascope because uh, the last two haven't been. They just just the first two. Roger Moore's gun barrel does two different gun barrels, and the reason being the aspect ratio is different for his first two. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of like lasts this week. Speaking of, I did actually quite like the gun barrel. I like the. I, I, I like it generally. It's a nice little rounder for me. Uh, this one, but I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> no, I quite like it as well. Yeah, I like gun barrel too. It's but, fine. Yeah, it's yeah, but um, but yeah, like 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, the things that there, there is things in, in this that I like, and it's mainly Christopher Lee. Um, I think we we've kind of like gone past a bit where uh, we feel uh, that um, that more Adams, more Adams's character um, is is basically been shot in. Uh, <laughs> we've lost over a scene, haven't we? I think. Well, you, well, yeah. Cause it's like it's quite a, a nicely well played scene where like Bond goes to meet. Um, Andrea, uh, played by Maud uh, Adams, and it's feel like oh she's dead, and it's like a bullet wound. Like, it's like so Scamander's presumably killed her in public without anyone even noticing, and is casually just sitting next to him, and uh, and they have a little interaction. I, I, it, it's it's one of the film's best scenes, I think. Would you, uh, do you guys agree? Yeah, or? It, it, it's got a bit of a you only live twice feel to it, actually. Um, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, although he doesn't offer to take Bond to a hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no no but, one at one point says, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any time Christopher Lee's on screen, I think there's one exception. There's literally one shot in this entire film where I went, oh, I don't like the way he played that. But, yeah, I mean, he's really great, but it's a, it's such a small portion of the film. As a MacGuffin, one of the two MacGuffins in the film, you know, the hunt for Scaramanga, oh. that stuff's kind of quite interesting. But by the time he eventually goes to Scaramanga's island, we're like an hour and 35 minutes through the film. You don't see enough of it, really, do you? You don't really see much of him. You don't see... I mean, what what can you do on that island? I don't know. I just think this film would have worked better if you'd have made Scaramanga more mobile, full stop, full stop. You know, th- th- these films do globetrot a bit. You know. It, w- too... it, would, it would make sense for a character like Scaramanga to not keep himself to one location. Mm. No, exactly. He, he, he would like just hop all over the place to kind of keep his like, you know. Yeah, but it's a you know it's a seven million pound budget. Yeah, a seven million dollar budget. Sorry. So you know when you think, I'd sort of keep an eye on budgets and and takes every every film we come to and as I say we peaked at what did we peak at? We peaked at you only live twice with I think nine and a half million. We're now seven years on from that, and we're on seven. Uh, even Lazenby's film was more expensive than this. So, they're, they're, you know, they're, the films are... I mean, the last film was a hit. It's one of the reasons this was sort of rushed into production, and, and it shows. But, I mean, last week, we took a, it took 162, I think it was. This one doesn't even crack 100 million. No, this, in this terms one of does about 97, time. And it does 21 in the United States. That's the lowest grossing Bond film since Doctor No in the United States. And in some respects, it's never quite recovered there. I mean, it, it, it doesn't do as big as it does relatively in the rest of the world compared to some other franchises. Batman's the reverse. Batman does proportionally a lot more of its business in the United States than, than anywhere else in the world. And it, it's just this film is just a flop. And I think it's because it's quite boring. Yeah, I, I think it 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 its pacing is a little bit all over the place. I mean, like it, it does, it, mm. it it starts off okay, then it kind of like drop you interest kind of drops because nothing really much happens. I mean, like your first real mm. Bond like fight scene is kind of pointless and silly, and it's yeah. not really well well done. After uh, he's handed the bullet back to Ben and gone, best go and see if I can find the bullet. <laughs> Which is a bit like Star Trek Into Darkness, isn't it? <laughs> Let's go and get Khan. He's got magic blood. 
Forget the 72 that are already on the fucking chip. <laughs> <laughs> Just lazy and rushed. Yeah. Uh, God, you just reminded me about that. Uh, <laughs> Tried to forget it, but never mind. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. So, basically, it's all basically build up to the Bond basically finds his island and he has a big The Ultimate Showdown with Scaramanga. Uh, it's basically what the film is, you know, building up to, really. Uh, yeah, they have this um, kind of elaborate meal, don't they? And. Um, they kind of you know big discussion about how they are the best and how about how similar they are. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think it's, it's just the most uh, cliche bullshit dialogue. I know it's pretty much like come, what? come, Mister Bond. You were uh, you 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 oh, you drive it for a killer. They're so different, you and I. Yeah, uh. yeah. Like, really? But I think well compared to I mean I haven't read the book in a long long while, but I just I do remember Scaramanga and Flames book just being like you know thug, pretty yeah. much pretty much just petty thug as it were. Um, I do think they kind of make it more interesting, and obviously they play on the fact that Chris Ridley is Dracula. Um, so you've got the kind of dark nature of it there. I mean, it's kind of it's been done to death recently, and it's kind of a fairly new thing like here. But I just I I do think that's quite interesting. You've got the whole flip side of Bond and how like they're both alone, they're both assassins essentially, um, mm. and they're both kind of pretty much at the top of their game. Yeah, that, that's my two pence worth anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Bond doesn't need to excuse himself to go to the loo before they have the shootout, do they? No. <laughs> Heavy meal. Hold on, just... I need a wee. Oh. <laughs> just... You imagine his trousers falls down because uh, he's undone the top button at dinner because it's quite a lot of it. Oh, I hate this mushroom. He's got aside for the shootout and as he spins around, he falls over because his trousers are falling. Never mind. And again, Nick doesn't get, a, you know, he, gets... he tries to get another opportunity to kill Bond, but he doesn't. He's like, oh, unless there's a coup, unless there's a coup. I should have so, missed the final shot myself. Can, can we talk about Nick Knack a little bit here? All right. Yeah, let's do right. it. Okay. Pun intended. What... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Um, what is what is his main objective? Right. What the thing with Nick Knack is is that he's he's there to keep Scaramanga sharp. So he, he essentially gets people to try to kill him to kill him because it's like it's like in his will that he gets everything he gets. Yeah. So. Enjoy every you leave me. Yeah. So, uh, so when Bond does kill Scaramanga, why does he, he go after revenge, Bond? Even though he's inherited everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's in it for the money, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but, but why would he give a shit? Sorry? <laughs> but why would he give a shit that Bond's like, you know... have absolutely no idea. Because I mean, <laughs> he kills... Basically, he kills him in a completely predictable manner. And then they, you know, there's a bit around the Solix agitator we'll come back to, but they go up, they get on a boat to escape. Nick Nack's there hiding, and it's again Tom Mankiewicz's. We've forgotten about the henchman, uh, and then he tries to kill Bond. We've got Guy Hamilton's legendary attention to detail again, yeah. because when he goes to pull bottles out of that wine rack to throw it in, they're obviously made of sugar glass so that they don't hurt. But the first one he pulls out is fucking leaking everywhere. <laughs> it's just water fly, you know, water or whatever's in it flying absolutely everywhere. And you just think this director is the fucking laziest director I've ever seen. It's not as bad as Diamonds Are Forever, but I mean, there's a bit earlier in the film where they're trying to escape and they haven't even choreographed it properly because Bond puts his hand out to try and, you know, grab Britt Eklund's hand and Britt Eklund's about five yards behind him. It's just like, you just think, do a second take. 
I just think like Guy Hamilton must have been thinking about lunch all the time he was filming these fucking things. Maybe it was the best of the bad. Because he just bad rushes bunch. through it every single time, and the number of scenes. It's not as bad as Diamonds, but Live and Let Die was pretty tight. It, Live and Let Die didn't have the same problems. We're, we're back to why didn't you do that again? Why didn't you do that again? As he went through it, and it's just he probably so felt lazy. he probably felt like everyone else did. Like it was kind of on its decline anyway. So why? bother to kind of get the best when it's uh, something that's kind of yeah, there's, a, there's a bit of malaise kind of you know occupying this film i mean i do i do like hamilton as a director um and he made some other cracking films outside of bond but i just think there's a big discrepancies between as we said between between like living that die and goldfinger randomly we were kind of our swaying into more diamonds territory and you just think oh really so, i mean like sorry. it's just a dumb scene anyway it's like he wants to see Bond fighting a midget. I mean, how you can't really take it seriously. <laughs> it's not really a fight, is it? Exactly. It's just it's like, an, no. Immediately, it's like, it, it's, he it, goes under the sofa. And then when <laughs> yeah. he comes out, I mean, if he still had any kind of armours on him, he could have fucking stabbed Bond in the back or anything. But no, he just kind of smacks him on the bum on the way by. <laughs> and you just think, like, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah, especially <laughs> on, to end on it. It's, it's, it's just... I know, I know he's, like, an interesting, like sidekick for Scaramanga to have but to have Bond face him off you just think how are we going to do this without making it look really really fucking stupid no it's a bit silly when like right at the end when they're on the boat he just traps him in a suitcase and basically you know yeah it's, it's a little bit ridiculous I mean I mean, part of me does several bricklayers and said like oh what do you do like well you took, down, took care of him and he's like oh you didn't he's like assuming that he threw him off the 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 uh, the boat in in the suitcase essentially drowning him but no he no he, he, but he no. climbed about 30 yards there's always a part of my heart that just wishes me that i wish he just fucking did it <laughs> really like just i yeah, just be fucking done with it fuck you uh, it's, it's just a really bad idea knickknack is not the henchman you bring back no you know post the the, the main villain's death he's just not you know, you should have had. You should have had. If you wanted to kill Nicknack off, for example, you have him get trapped in there when the whole place goes up. Yeah. I wonder what he's happened the... to him. Obviously, in the world of the film, because he doesn't. He's alive at the end of it. Um, but he, yeah, we don't. We didn't see him again in the series. So. Do, do we care? I mean, I really. Go. No, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, but still, you know, he's a memorable, memorable role for sure. Yeah, and I don't just really dislike him in it, but like anything else, everything else in this film. It's been completely underused. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, a bit it's, slightly. You know, and and again, it's this is something. It's a minor thing, but when he shoots the top off the champagne when Bond arrives on the island, Hervey mm. Villachez gets absolutely fucking soaked. He does get drenched, doesn't and you he? Just think that's just humiliating. Oh. Yeah, you know. So, so if anything, I, I, you you again, think what I suspect happened is they rigged that bottle. It got the actor wet, and they went, "Oh, that'll fucking do." Because that, that looks funny, we'll keep it in. At this point, <laughs> but it plays like Scaramanga doesn't really mind humiliating Nicknack. No, there's yeah. nothing else in the film that suggests that. It's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, but you, again, you would think like, well, that's more credence to the fact when Bond does kill Scaramanga. Then why would he fucking want revenge? Like, what, what would that give? Um, yeah. Dare you make me a multi-millionaire? And and also that bit is just a bit weird. It's like he's like he shoot like Scaramanga. He's like he shoots the thing. And goes like oh, it's a harmless toy. It's like 
So it's a gun. It's a gun. No, it's a gun. Yeah, it's not a home. No, clearly not. <laughs> but I don't know if that's just like Scaramanga's sense of humor. The man with a harmless toy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe it shows like how how callous he is. I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't, but yeah, he's remarkably proud of himself. It's the one bum note in the film for me, or in terms of Christopher Lee's performance, is when he blows up uh, Bond's aircraft. The look on his face is ridiculous. It's <laughs> so overacted, and it's Your glee. Yeah, it's just so gleeful, and the, that's not. The, this is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I really am the man with the golden gun. Oh, really? Mm. But yeah, the whole Solex agitator thing. They kill him, and then they've just got to like get it back from the set of Thunderbirds. Oh, Tracy Islands. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when that thing comes back, that comes out of the ground that captures the sun, that looks like Thunderbird. It does a little bit. You can hear the kind of the drum roll, you know. <laughs> it's um. Oh, and how 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 long has that, all that sort of um stuff been there regarding the uh, the the solar power stuff? Like, it's like. How did you fall in to do it? Because like he said, he said like, oh, well, I've just inherited all this. So what? I've, if you, if all all this just been moved in, just like literally since you killed. Yeah, just in case. The solar <laughs> or, 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 or was it always here at the old place? And you've just no. Like... I think because um, it was it was built by his construction company. So obviously, you know, during their working relationship, and then obviously he's, he killed High Fat, and and so he's so, inherited the business yeah. side of it. So I think it's just it's obviously been there for a while. But you just think, oh, <laughs> it's a bit of lazy script writing. A bit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing's That's the frustration with this film. I mean, it's not quite as sloppy as Diamonds. And there's a couple of good ideas in here somewhere. But it's really, really fluffed in execution. And it's such a shame. I feel quite sorry for Roger Moore at this point. Because he hasn't done an awful lot wrong in the first two films he's been in. His debut was... I'm not quite sure about the black exploitation setting. But I had a reasonably good time with that film. It's good fun. Uh, and this week has just been rushed. And the one good idea in the film is buried under this pointless energy plot that goes nowhere. And we have one of the dumbest Bond girls he's ever cast with. <sighs> cast alongside one of the better Bond actresses in the, in, to grace the series. And, I mean, basically, what tone are they going for here? He's just shot Scaramanga in gold, cold blood and it's all jokes about Britt Eklund's arse. <laughs> God, yeah. She just tried to blow, nearly blow up the island with a bum. I mean, yeah, that that kind of thing is like, oh, I'm just bend over. Oh, oh, oh! I've just I've just turned the thing on. Right, okay, great. But she doesn't seem to feel that at all. No, no. But, but the, I mean, when, but... so, when something turgid prods you in the ass, Becca, you <laughs> tend to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just put yourself in a position, you know, she's kind of in a bikini, just not, you know, what are you wearing much? No it's something, it. you know, you're going to feel it, aren't you? feel that. She's going to feel it, so. But again, it's... She's going to go that big a bum. This is supposed to be, like, the big action sequence at the end of the film, and it's basically, will a, will a beam hit Bond's head? And the big <laughs> action sequence is her bending over, and not in the fun way. No, it's just for a kind of just for. So what is what, what, joke what is it? Are they actually stopping? That's why. What that's what I really. Like, so basically, they're they're stopping like the like solar energy. Well, they're just getting it back. There's there's no countdown clock on this, as far as I understand. Other than, as soon as that guy goes into the water, it upsets the temperature. Balance. Yeah, the place blows so up. So it's gonna blow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> hang on. That's, that's why. 
that's why uh, Nick Knack uh, wants revenge because, like, yeah, great, you have just inherited all this shit, but you blew it all up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, right. I don't imagine that Scaramanga's got it all in cash under his bed. <laughs> I mean, it's a million a shot. There's got to be some sort of numbered account somewhere. Yeah, I think you told him about this. Hmm. <laughs> oh, it's fucking. That's, oh. that's another plot hole that we don't know about. It's like, what? You know. It's just not, you know. And... It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, I, it's I... Always, even the car, the car that becomes a plane. <laughs> I mean, it looks. It, it's it's a really obvious model as well. It doesn't look very good, but it's not a particularly cool car. It wouldn't look much better than a fucking Triumph Dolomite or something. <laughs> there's just nothing. There's nothing cool about this film. It's not remarkable, apart from yeah. its wings. It, it's <laughs> better. We've had worse. This is not a time to die forever. But I think that's probably Guy Hamilton's worst. It's a lazy, film. uninspired film. There aren't many funny lines in it, though. There's one or two. Um, yeah, I would say that God it, gets the majority of the good lines in this movie. Bless her. Sorry. I would say that um, yeah, the character of Goodnight, I think, for the ditz that she is, she does get some of the best lines in the film, I think. As well as, obviously, M. <laughs> does she? Like, what What, what lines? Oh, no, I yeah. think, um, basically, you know, when they're outside the hotel, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, keep champagne on ice and everything else warm. And she's like, and everything else warm? And it's like, um, where she basically breaks Bond and is like, Goodnight, would I ever do that to you? And she's like, yes, I ble- yes you bloody well would. Oh like, uh, yeah, 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 but then, yeah. But then you get a bit where Bond turns around and says, "Don't worry, dear, you'll get your turn." Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Slap him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry to judge. It, it, it couldn't be a lot more callous. I mean, when when he opens that fucking you know <laughs> cupboard and she's in there. I mean, if he'd been wiping his cock off, it wouldn't have been much fucking more callous. It's just <laughs> no. they, they haven't settled on what Moore's portrayal of this character is yet. No, totally. This film's very weird in terms of that. I don't know if he's, you know, the hard ass. But uh, I, I kind of like, like... I, li- I like more when he's hard. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, he meant that. He like he likes to see Sir Roger, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I like Roger when he's hard. Uh... <laughs> you like a good hard Roger. <laughs> That's the tagline for the episode. They never used that on any of his films, though, did they? No, strangely enough, no, they didn't. Say, particularly when Never Say Never Again was it was there, you know, and you, they really want to sell Roger oh, more. My you face. Could, oh, good yes. hard Roger. In. Oh. In Maud Adams. <laughs> Roger Moore. Oh, JBR Radio Eat Heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't hear that kind of smut on there, would you? <laughs> oh. Family show. Oh. He's hard. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, in terms of like his portrayal of the character. Yeah, it's very, very mixed in if it's going to be sort of like comedic or... I don't know. I think he plays these scenes all right. I mean, you can you think, you think can see he's kind of uncomfortable with it. Um, yeah, I, no, I, yeah I it's a betrayal. It... It's just how it comes off, that's all. I mean, mm. it, it, does, it, it improves in its... The more films he does, the further he gets away from, like, the, I mean, you know, the original. But then when he plays tough, I think it's really jarring. Sure, exactly. I mean, that's what, that's I mean, my it, main it, problem It's with like it. a switch, though, isn't it? It's like, oh, crap. 
You know, it's that kind of... Yeah. Uh, but I just don't believe the character would do that. I mean, I yeah. know he's a killer, but... I mean, for your eyes only, when we get to that, that's a film I'm going to be very positive about. But yeah, when sure. he picks the car off the cliff, everyone uses that as an example of, you know, what you know, he could do tough. And it's just tonally so jarring. Yeah, Even a relatively more serious film. That's not Roger Moore's James Bond. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, but I, th- I think he can still play it. I think the, the problem that you are probably finding with it, David, is probably more to do with, like, the the story and 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 also what has gone before that, like, what we associate with, with Roger Moore. Um, mm. it, you know, it, I think if the script handled it better in terms of, like, better, better dialogue and well, we and, didn't see and... him put John Steed across his knee, did we? <laughs> True. But no, no, I agree with you a bit there, Chris. I think that's a sort of problem I have oh, as well. Oh, God, I've got an image stuck in my head now of Roger Moore spanking Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sir Godfrey. <laughs> Sir Godfrey. God damn it, man. I still reckon we need a spin-off movie. Roger, obviously not now because he's in the way, but we could have done I the spin-off. it would be like Weekend at Bernie's now. Yeah, but no. The Avengers of Bond and Sir Godfrey. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Alternate universe. I do I do quite like them two together, but yeah, it, it is um We'll discuss that another time. <laughs> it it just it, it just this film stands the first two, I do sort of split the Roger Moore into into era sort of into pre and post nineteen seventy seven. I do think the first two feel and they even look different. They look older as well. I mean they are obviously, but <laughs> they look it as well. And um next time out Roger Moore gives us the first proper Roger Moore Bond film. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. I'm very excited to be watching and reviewing that. Greatest film ever made. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly do not know how we are going to talk about the the title sequence. Dear me, it's going to be amazing. How are we going to discuss anything from that? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited for it. I just... He's being chased by these Russian shits. <laughs> It's how, funny. how are we going to not describe it using any of the terms that got used? No, we're going to have to uh, <clears throat> get the thesaurus ready. <laughs> <laughs> He's being chased by these dark ingestions. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah. James, I need you. <laughs> so does England. Yeah. Probably that's the probably the line I like most of his entire run. So does England. Yay. Because it has a little musical sting with it as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that, Becca. Yeah, like that. That's the one. <laughs> in fact, if they dubbed that in, no one would be any the wiser. But it's me, didn't you know? I hopped in my TARDIS, time travel, did the sound effect, and came back and <sighs> underappreciated. You've got a TARDIS, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so... Okay, I mean, so, on that note... <laughs> I mean, from, from, just to sum up from me, it's it's not going to be that far off the bottom. I think there are worse Bond films. I think there are more offensively bad Bond films. But this is this is running... This is going through the motions. It's not even Bond by numbers. I mean, they've, they've tried to do a couple of different things with it, but there's no conviction there. There's a director who's run completely out of steam with this series... Um, and in the middle of it, he may not be my favourite Bond, but you've got a guy trying really hard with substandard material. Um, and you've got an actor who's in Christopher Lee, whose stock actually rose after this film. We think of him as a bit prestige now because he went on to do Lord of the Rings and all the rest of it. 
At this point, he was very much a B-movie actor. He'd done The Wicker Man the year before, which is a fantastic film, by the way, and Britt Eklund's in that too. Both um, of them are much better than they are here. They're so used well, more... Well, Britt Eklund's dubbed in Wicker Man. She's oh, dubbed much. in Wicker Man with... Well, she's, she's playing Scottish, basically. Yeah. Um, she's dubbed, and she's body doubled in a couple of scenes as well. But yeah, it's Britt Eklund for the most part. Um... But it's just it's just a very wasted opportunity. The man's daughter. Sorry. <laughs> you haven't got much of a an idea behind beyond uh, energy crisis. Uh, Francisco Scaramanga, character from the book. Let's not do it in Jamaica as per the book because we went we did that for Doctor No. We've been down to the Bahamas and all that as well. Uh, let's bring back Pepper. Uh, go. That was it. I don't think I, I don't think there's there's no real ideas here. And I think it's a dreadful shame. And I'm, I'm, it's a bad way for Saltzman and Broccoli to finish as a partnership. And I'm kind of think the, the three-year gap, whilst it's not a very wise thing to do with a 46-year-old leading man, uh, did them the world of good. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> well, we've kind of been hard on... Uh, <laughs> hard on? Gone. No, we've been hard on uh, this film, I think. But... Um, <laughs> Guys, come on! Uh, <laughs> I, I've already kind of in control. We laughed once already. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I still enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but then again, I I am probably one of the few people who did enjoy Germin- Terminator Genesis this year. So um, I I am quite known as being quite forgiving when it comes to uh, supposedly bad films. Uh, but I'm very positive about things. I mean, it's I I don't think it's. It's not a lack of critical faculties. It's it's going in like trying to see the best in things. Yeah. It's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, going with an open mind and yeah, know, it to the I go with an open that? mind, but I'm, I you know it falls apart quite quickly if I'm really not liking it. Yeah, but it, I mean, there's just it. It's like I can see like like half a good film. I can see like the like the elements, like sort of maybe like the darker tone, darker tone, and and the idea of like Scaramanga and you know and Christopher Lee, and he's like he's got a gun that can make out with uh, like a, a lighter and a and a cigarette case or whatever it is he's using the pen and, you know, it's it just like oh that's so fucking cool and then, actually that is probably the one cool thing in it and yeah actually yeah we didn't talk about that did we it was the gun in its various parts so but no it's a, it's a cool little gadget and but its pacing is just completely off it the, the action scenes aren't that well put together and... I'd go as far as to say actually I think it's the worst action action we've had in the whole series so far Probably, because, like, what we... I mean, like, you take out that one stunt with the car. Mm. Okay. What are we left with? We've got, like, a few sort of, like, sort of stalker, like, sort of wandering around the funhouse with uh, two guys. Got with karate, a we've got, a, you know, a young man's first karate class. Yeah. Um, car chase. Uh, a car chase and... Boat chase. A couple mm-hmm. of fist fights, which are never really more as forte. Yeah, Bond pushes a, bo- a, a boy in the water, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But, well, uh, no action. But 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 mm. but but to be fa- to be fair, he you know you are kind of pleased he did it because he is pretty smug of himself. Uh, <laughs> and um, Roger Moore had a bit of a crisis of conscience about it. He didn't like it at all. No. Well, because he's too nice, Roger Moore. That's the thing. He's a lover, not a fire. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that's it. And kind of like a really naff fight in a in a room in the dressing room somewhere and it, that's it and there's not a lot to it really is though you just think, mm. yeah. even that I mean 
I, I mean, th not... think about the next one. They get like a full scale proper. You know, if you only live twice, like, like, fight between two proper armies inside a, a, a massive ship. You know, it's like this. This is like how we want a Bond film to kind of go towards, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh, yeah, but this doesn't. I mean, I, I, if it's gonna be stripped back, then the content needs to be better, and it's not. I mean, it's. It's just not very well paced. It's you know it's it's a bit dumb in places. It goes you know so and I think if you're gonna go go down that kind of route, I mean on the on the one hand I don't think I've ever I don't think I've met anybody who's ever said the man with the golden guns their favorite Bond film. Statistically, I would imagine somebody listening to this might, but it's rare. It I mean, is if, rare, if it is, it's purely out of nostalgia, purely. Yeah, I, I don't think it's many people's favourite. Having said that, I, I don't think it's the great sin that Diamonds, Die Another Day, and a couple of others are. I think it, I think it's likely to be in my bottom five. I don't think it's going to be in the bottom two or three. There, there's worse Bond films than this. This is just a little bit dull, a little bit ill thought through, and they just need to go away and sort of rejuvenate themselves. No, this really. is it. What sort of, do you think? Um... Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree a little bit. I was told, I recently had to rate all the Bond movies, um, and this is in my kind of bottom one, two, three. The bottom ten, this is like number eight, so, so it's kind so of... Thumbs <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's so many wasted opportunities. I mean, I had a great time watching it. Um, I love the locations just purely because I want to go there. Um, but so many wasted opportunities, really. Um, Moore does the best for the material that he has. There's a few dodgy scenes that I didn't quite agree with, but... Um, and this performance doesn't quite gel with me in this one, but I really do think like the the next film, Spider of Me, is where his portrayal of Bond really comes into its own for sure. Yeah, like or hate it, he takes ownership of it from from next time. Yeah, definitely. It, it's his. Like yeah. it or dislike it, it's what he wants Bond is Bond to be. Yeah, he owns that role definitely for sure. Um, but yeah, for Golden Gun, I mean, it's, it's a campy, fun, fun theme tune. Um, but you just don't see enough of Christopher Lee. You just it was a mighty, mighty actor, so much talent. I just completely wasted. Um, but having said that, it's a fun movie. Um, it's a fun way to spend a couple of hours, but just riddled with problems. There's and then J.W. Pepper. Oh. <laughs> there are worse Bond films. J.W. Pepper is, is again, I suspect that's Tom Mankiewicz. Um, see, Tom Mankiewicz suited the Superman films. You know, it, it is... Well, it is know, the same actor I, did I, play a sheriff in Superman 2, did he not? Uh, I don't know if it's the same actor or not, to be honest. I'd have to look that up. But, I mean, the point I'm, I'm making is I, I sound very harsh on to John, Tom Mankiewicz here, largely because he's been involved in some of the films I don't like, and he's responsible for a lot of that change of tone towards things I don't like. And when you listen to commentaries, documentaries, and everything else around these films, everyone talks about what amazing dialogue he writes and I think his dialogue is horrific. I think it's really bad. And bringing Pepper back is an early sign of where the Morph series goes. But at the same time, I can't think of anything in the Morph films that come that piss me off as much as this guy coming back. I didn't really like him last week, but it wasn't that awful. No, but it's terrible. It's, it's completely crowbarred in here. Watch the credit sequence again, the actual, you know, the titles, and, you know, and see how high up the sort of billing he is. You know, they seem to think it's some sort of coup getting this guy back. 
I, I'm sorry, it. like, comedy races gobbing every two seconds isn't funny. <laughs> and there's no way that man would go to Thailand. And not, no. end, up, <laughs> not end up with some cock in his hand by mistake. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he retired. He was it. dragged by his wife, clearly. He's like moaning the whole time. His wife, oh, JW. I've got to see the elephants. Yeah, that is basically why. I agree. He would not go there on his own call, but yeah, that's why. No, maybe it, he's... Again, that's not my problem with the scene. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not, hang on a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's more the fact that it's... Yeah, there's more scene. to it. Played for laughs. Yeah, definitely more to it than that. funny. You know, and, and none of what, you know, and it's it's so obnoxious. He won't shut up. And we're supposed to buy into this real excitement he's got. I've been deputised and it's just, it's not I funny. Wonder what... And it underscores the only half-decent action sequence in the whole film. I wonder why he's considering buying a car in time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. None of it's been thought through. I mean. No, he doesn't want to be there. He's just like, oh. Going to the elephant, you was ugly, and he's like, "Elephants, who's doing grass, mate?" And I just think, "Oh Jesus, you don't want to be there." Sort of. <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> so that's my opinion. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, I, th- I think this has literally been the official shortest podcast we've ever done. Well, I think it's it's the, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be post editing, but certainly it's one, the shorter, it's one of the shorter recording sessions we've done. Certainly, because there's not a massive amount to say about this film. It, it's so underwhelming in so many ways I, if I was minded I could be very much harder on it in terms of where I'm likely to rank it just because it pisses away a good idea Yeah. but at the same time at least it had that and idea Diamonds well. Are Forever had nothing going for it Yeah. at least it's got Christopher Lee whereas Diamonds and good hard Roger <laughs> <laughs> and a good hard Roger <laughs> He's hard in many ways. Oh dear. <laughs> what other ways is he hard, Becca? <laughs> anyway, on that note. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's about, about wraps things up. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I should move away from that one. <laughs> wrap, wrap us up after a good hard Roger, yeah. <laughs> but. Cool, okay. So, if people want to come and find us on the social media. Uh, where can they find us? Uh, okay. <laughs> Why don't uh, you know? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I figure it's my job to do it, so I'll let no, you know. No, no, it's okay. all right. I'm quite happy to. It's all right. Find yeah, us at Hard Twitter. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us Rogering daily. <laughs> what about you, Dave? <laughs> to talk, Twitter. We are facebook.com forward slash expectors to talk. You can email us at expectors to talk at gmail.com please email us please sorry please email us please yes because you know basically five treatments now and penis his penis ain't any bigger yet (laughs) is it chris so we're gonna have to start trying something else so yeah if you've got any ideas how we can get bigger penises please email us at (laughs) talk at gmail.com we are you can download us uh, uh obviously we are do you expect us to talk at itunes and on Stitcher, or at cinematronics.co.uk, where you can find Chris's other podcast, where he talks he talks to other people. Oh, shocking. Yeah, but I haven't been talking to people since, though. I mean, it is, I mean, I haven't done an episode since, so what, September? Yeah, but that's not because you were sorry, it's because you were caught. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, you know, you know, I, it started. So right, anyway, right having upgraded that, you can listen to me on Pick a Flick next week. <laughs> um, Becca's <laughs> yeah. just appeared on JBR Radio if you want to hear what she thinks about Spectre again, but shorter and better edited. <laughs> also video as well. Oh dear. That was an absolute pleasure. The only and... trouble is though, do forgive Becca though, because they gave her a quiz at the start and she got all the answers wrong. <laughs> they put me on the spot. They asked her favourite Bond, best <gasps> Bond, best Bond film, and she got <sighs> all the answers wrong. It was quite embarrassing. Disgraceful, disgraceful. How can she get like her, her own opinions wrong? <laughs> it changes all the time. Like as I said, I had to recently. Well, the Bond movies, and it all changes. So it's like, well, you know. Well, you know, you don't want to repeat not, yourself, do you? Not only does it not match my opinion, it doesn't match any <laughs> opinions I've heard Becca say. So therefore, it doesn't agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what did you say was your favourite? Um, Goldeneye, I think. On the show. Yeah. Oh, Goldeneye. And it will probably change next week or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but um... women's prerogative, don't you know? Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I just think that the day we record like the rankings episode, it's going to be so different. Me and you, me and Chris, will record for like two hours or three hours or whatever it ends up being. But what? it's going to be like a ten-hour shift for you. It will. So I reckon you're going to be shifting your rankings around for hours before we record. No, what I do, well, I've written it down now. So what I'll do is, when we come to do the final rankings, I shall see how much it's changed, and then we'll go from there. Well, well, ours are pretty similar, aren't, aren't we, Dave? I mean, we know that like, it's going to be Majesty's, uh, License to Kill, Casino Royale. That's free, you know. No. Well, that's the, not necessarily that order, but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's around the top three, certainly. And, uh, and... Kill's in my top fifteen. <laughs> it's currently number thirteen. It's, it's in rarefied air there. <laughs> God, it, it's that's really, that's it's nearly top, top ten. Of, the rest it, of them are in the top ten. The, yeah. the lofty heights of the world is not enough. And... That's at number twenty-one. Mm. <laughs> You're ruining our ranking episode. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that when we come to it. I mean, at the moment, it'll be, you know, when we get to it, it'll be, so you're number one, Dave, and you know, everyone listening will be, well, Majesty's, isn't it? Yeah. He's wanked on about it for about six <laughs> months. <laughs> so I'll probably be at the, at the top somewhere as well. So. But yeah, um, I mean, obviously you'll get a flavour from what we said about the films as we go along, but yeah, it's, it'll still be an interesting episode to sort of sit down and talk about it'll, it'll where be a, it'll actually... be a It'll be a goodbye episode. Yeah. Oh, farewell. Before, before we regenerate... Well, actually, yeah. no, because we got Spectre after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spectre's our last Bond one before we go on to... Yeah, and then we'll regenerate into another movie series. No, I... Mm. Do you think we should incorporate Spectre into it? Into well, the rankings, yeah, no, I won't yeah, get after yeah. it. I mean, I don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it'll be in the top five anyway, but, you know, in terms of the... You know, in, in, yeah, but in terms of, like, the, you know, the, the final episode, you know, or... No? Okay. <laughs> Just me. Different. <laughs> we'll cross okay. that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, then we go on to Indian Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. I'm actually 21 I'm... episodes in through Star Trek, the original he, series. You know what? Nice. I think Indy's probably a really good uh, one to go on to next because it is essentially what Spielberg made because he couldn't well, make a James Bond. Bond. Yeah. 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 And it's nice and short as well. Yeah. Like, for movies, so... Yeah, we don't need to do set-up episodes and rankings episodes and all that with that at all. Just so, top five in Joe's films. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what number four's going to be. <laughs> uh, I think we're all going to pretty much agree with the ranking with that one. So. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders are complete crap. Yeah, Raiders are <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. We don't mean that. Um, 
Really but with Star Trek, because at the very outset of the show, we said like we, we when we were talking about it, Becca would host and and Chris would do all the sort of editing stuff, which is really time consuming. So I said like I'll do a lot of I'll do the research basically. Not that they can, but I have to basically. It's your job. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> forgetting Star Trek is rather there's rather it's a quite lot. Long. So um, I want to do anything sort of based around the Enterprise. You don't have to watch all the episodes. You know, well, we are, we are I, just I, doing a film, so you can literally well, just yeah, research T- the I, films. At the moment, I'm planning to do TOS, TNG and Enterprise, oh, wow. which is about 355 episodes. And I'm 21 into those so far. <laughs> and we probably aren't going to do this for about eight months. So you've got plenty of time. <laughs> I'm starting quite early. And it'll be useless, because we'll get to the first episode, and you'll say, so, so tell me a bit about the original series, and I'll be like, that's fucking months ago, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember that, no, sorry. Well, it's more for your enjoyment, really, isn't it, so? Uh, yeah, my next episode is Space Seed. Oh. That's the next one up. That's a good one as well. It is a good one. That's a good villain. Except, except that um, when you watch Roger Moore, and you start going... Wow, he's doing most of his own stunts. You realise how much Star Trek didn't, because Roger Moore doesn't do that many of his own stunts. But uh, if you watch um, the, if you watch Space Seed, Khan and Kirk have a fist fight at one point, and this happens in other episodes as well. But of course, it's designed for an era of low resolution on like a TV that's probably about twelve inches. So they and, didn't and also to... TV's quicker shoots as well, you know, it's like... They don't even sense. cover the fact it's like stuntmen, it's just two other guys yeah. having a fight. <laughs> and they're not even the same build. It's really, like, <laughs> it's really quite funny to watch now in like high definition. But yeah, so that's where we're going with that. And then Becca wants to do every Western ever made. <laughs> Did you come out with all the Westerns? I don't... All the Westerns. We looked for that in the Black Friday deals. Uh, there was no box set of all the westerns. Didn't have it. No, just maybe some westerns. We'll, we'll pick. We'll pick a select few, and then maybe do Hitchcock, perhaps, or a directorial canon of some sort. Yeah, we we, we both bought the Rocky films in the last few days. Yeah, Rocky, Superman. Yeah, that's my two Black Friday deals: Rocky and Superman. Which is exactly my, well, mine as well. I I got Thanks. Tarantino box set, and which I was quite pleased about. Yeah, I missed out on that one. Yeah. Damn it. Well, I've got all the Tarantino films anyway. But yeah. Although I don't have the theatrical cut of Death Proof because I've got the theatrical cut of Grindhouse. Ooh. Yeah, I, I do. I do want to get Grindhouse. Uh, yeah, I think I'm missing as, those as two, as but then I've got the set apart from that. So. Yeah. But uh... you'd get by without it because, to be honest, I'd be happy just to watch the Grindhouse cut of Death Proof when we cover it. Yeah. Because it's 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 not going to be any great secret when we talk about Tarantino that I'm not fond of Death Proof. So. Um, I mean, these the, the way we've done Bond, because it's quite a long series, we've done like an intro episode and we're going to do some rankings and commentaries and all that. Do we kind of think that's probably something we'll just do on longer series? Well, um, I reckon so, because I can't think we can do... We can't really flesh out indie, because it's only four no, you films. Can't. No. But I don't because, know where you draw the we, line, though. I mean, Tarantino, by the time we get to it... That'll be something like eight or nine films, and is that enough? Yeah, I think that probably is enough to do. Probably. I mean, you probably maybe do, you know, if we come up with ideas with Tarantino, you know, you know we can maybe do like another like another one or two episodes mm. on various things. If, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it, you know, because the films kind of speak for themselves anyway, and then we'll, yeah. we'll end up like just saying. We're definitely gonna have to edit these episodes so that anyone listening would think, oh, you cut at least half an hour out of that. In keeping with the Tarantino films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, just... and I, I might we might have to experiment with bad language as well. <laughs> Only a mild experiment, you understand. Yeah, and and of course we've got to get Samuel L. Jackson in every episode. So, so yeah. Samuel, yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> please come join us. Because we know you're a big fan of this show and Bond-based <laughs> British Bond-based podcasts in general. That'd be amazing. That'd be an absolute coup, wouldn't it? In my life, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Though. No, sadly not. No. Nah, you can no. tweet him. We can well. hope. Look at a pig fly by. Wow. To be honest with you. Where is my Bansu? Just be starstruck. <laughs> you what, sorry? I said I can't imagine we'd be that fluent if he was on the show with us. No. No. We do, we, no literally, if you get someone like uh, L. Jackson, you'd just be like, okay, talk. And just you just let him talk, go, yeah, yeah. It's all about this. And yeah. Just like, yeah. We, 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 we would just be let him just say everything. So cause... tell us about your epoch-making role as the, you know... <laughs> As the robber is coming to America. Yeah, because you, you, you just want to literally just like hear what he's got to say. Yeah, just ask him about one of his really minor roles and say goodbye. Yeah, really just to piss off anyone listening. So when you held up McDowell's, did you think, my God, this is a bit like McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> but we've still got months of Bond, which means Becca. Bond will be back, and indeed, expected to talk will return with this spy who loved me. 